welcome to Comedia del Cinema, the podcast that explores some of comedy's most important, whether they're good, whether they're bad, whether they're interesting, <laughs> or so on. Most important comedies, the context in which they were made, how they were made, and the impact they had, if any. I'm one of your hosts, Jordan Wolf. I'm your other host, Emily Walborn. And what are what the hell are we talking about today? Today we're talking about that American classic, Francis Ha. Directed by Noah Baumbach, written by Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig. So we should give a big caveat at the beginning here. I think we really should. So I I, I wouldn't say I disliked this movie. Uh huh. But um, we're not the marks for this. The way many no. people who consider this. A classic are yes I would say you know I think we've both liked some of their individual works not all of mm-hmm. I'm interested definitely interested to see the Barbie movie mm-hmm. I can't say I am it feels weird to have to say this but I feel like I do have to say that I'm not the biggest Greta Gerwig fan I feel like it's kind of dare I say sacrilegious to say these days, especially as uh, someone that went to film school (laughs) during our time of going to film school. (laughs) But then it's also like interesting to to consider what it means to be a Greta Gerwig fan or not, because Mm -hmm. I think you're maybe not in the sense that you don't give her movies four and a half, five stars. But I can't imagine you've given either of her directorial movies less than a three or three and a half. You know, which is. It's just kind of tough with auteurs or people who are in that space where it can feel like. uh, (laughs) Because some people are such devotees of their work that Mm -hmm. if you view their work as anything less than five stars, it feels like you're not a fan. Yeah, I mean, I gave Little Women three and a half. It's just tough when I look on Litterbox and I'm a three and a half and everybody else is a four and a half or five. It makes me feel like that I seem exactly. to hate the movie. Right. When it's right. a very confidently made movie. The cast is, of course, very good. Same with Lady Bird. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's fine. Mm-hmm. Lady Bird uh, did make you cry. Well, sure. Yeah. But. But I was also, what year was that? 20. Oh. Fall 2017. 2017. So, yeah, you know, it was an emotional time. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dog was really sick. <laughs> <laughs> Not that that's an excuse, <laughs> but he was. We saw, um, <laughs> just fun fact for people, we saw a disaster artist and Ladybird in the same night. And mm-hmm. it was, I have to say. Maybe that was part of my emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Um, the story of Tommy Wiseau moved <laughs> you to tears. Yeah. <laughs> It's very possible. I don't remember crying at Disaster Artist, but it is possible that I did cry. I cried a lot of movies, though, so I wouldn't necessarily sure. uh, make that a It's not a, a seal of approval, necessarily. I, you know, I was at the gym this morning watching Queer Eye, and I was crying while I was riding the bike. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, it's not... I, I cry very easily, so it's not necessarily a, yeah. a major mark of... Of whether I liked something or not. <laughs> but. What do you What do you think's the worst movie you've ever cried at? Worst movie I've ever cried at. I don't know. But do you think it's probably probably like a Netflix original, probably, right? 
of some kind. Yeah, it, you know, it's very possible it was like a Victoria Justice mm. Netflix rom-com <laughs> <laughs> or something of that nature, you know. So. Okay, and flip side, what's the best movie that that uh, elicits absolutely no emotional response in you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that either, but I do know that I remember when everybody in like middle school and high school was talking about how the notebook will make you cry mm-hmm. and will make you like weep nonstop. I do remember watching the notebook and being <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> not crying, so what? <laughs> <laughs> Thumbs down, didn't cry. <laughs> but I've also, I feel like I had the mentality of like, I'm not going to cry. Prove wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it would make me cry. Probably not, but... Rachel McAdams, Ryan Gosling, Very could good. be a good recipe. Could be good. I do want to watch it. So, yeah. okay. I don't know if we can count that as a comedy, though. No, <laughs> I think we'd have to just watch that in our personal life. Um, okay, yeah, Greta Gerwig. Person, personally, I think I'm also not uh, in the mindset that everything she does is going to be a masterpiece until until I see otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've liked both of her movies pretty well. I haven't seen her Joe Swanberg co-directorial ah. feature. But but I generally don't care for her acting. Um, Style? Yeah. Although I did like her in White Noise. Um, what about the unaired How I Met Your Father pilot? <laughs> you know, I don't know. But I could imagine her actually being a really good fit for broad sitcom acting in that era. Possibly, I don't know. Based on this performance, I don't think so. <laughs> I can I can just imagine her delivering those lines to a to a canned laugh track. Yeah. Okay. I can't really see it, but you know, it's. I think I think the current iteration with Hillary Duff is quite good. So. I, yeah, I like it. <laughs> um, but all, we've also got the actual director of this movie and its co-writer Noah Baumbach. I haven't mm-hmm. seen all of his movies. I usually like them, but not always. Squid and the Whale and the Meyerwitz stories are two that I think are pretty great. White Noise and Greenberg, I think, are good. Marriage Story's fine. While We're Young, (laughs) which is the movie that these two made immediately after this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Starring Ben Stiller and Adam Driver, Naomi Watts, and Greta. Uh, That movie is not good. Okay, and then there's another one that they wrote together. Yeah, yeah the, college the college one. Yeah. I saw that one of our first weeks at Emerson and did not care for it. Interesting. I've, Mrs. I, America. Mrs. America, that's yeah. what it is. I've only seen, um, I think I've only seen Marriage Story. Yeah, but so, you were mixed on, right? I'm mixed on, but I, you know... At the time when that came out, I still had quite a distaste for Scarlett Johansson. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a bit hard to separate. Separate, separate the scar from the Johansson, you know. It's very true. Um, well, this movie, a real barrel of laughs. <laughs>, um, laughs. It it comes out in. It has a festival run in 2012, so a lot of yeah. places consider it a 2012 movie. Mm-hmm. But its actual theatrical releases throughout 2013. Mm-hmm. So you you prepped some of the 2012 I, comedies. Yes, 
because I just thought it it got so much play in 2012. So I did 2012. Um, you know, we're really hitting our kind of t- the 2010s big comedies. Mm-hmm. We've got Guilt Trip, which I've always wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Um, 21 Jump Street. This is 40. Ted. Uh, Pitch Perfect, Men in Black 3, you've got Moonrise Kingdom uh, Mm -hmm. for, you know, something that is also a bit more Mm -hmm. auteur-like, the five-year engagement, so very Judd Judd Strong. Judd Strong. Um, I remember when everyone wore those (laughs) t-shirts. Hashtag Judd Strong. (laughs) Um, 2013 really feels like almost sort of the, the peak not necessarily in terms of quality across the board, but in terms of comedies making a lot of money mm-hmm. um, for being comedies. We got Jackass Presents Bad Grandpa, uh, which is a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes over $100 million domestic. This is the end, over $100 million. Identity Thief, over $100. We're the Millers, a movie uh, okay. yeah. that no one remembers at all. I do, starring at Helms. He's he's in it for like five minutes. He's on the posters. I never saw the movie. Ed Helms is not on the posters. He's Jason Sudeikis' boss in the movie. We are the Millers? We're the Millers. Let's pull up the poster. I swear. He's in the trailers a lot. Okay, maybe that's There's what something it is. like, there's either, there, he has like a whale or something. Okay. Is this the poster you're thinking of? Oh, yeah. I guess I didn't know that was... Will Poulter? No, I didn't know that was Jason Sudeikis. In my mind, I always thought that was Ed Helms. Mm. They're they're so identical. They are. <laughs> okay, well, so wait, Ed Helms could play Ted, Ted Lasso, Lasso? <laughs> but, but Jason Sudeikis could not play Andy Bernard. Yeah, he could. No, he couldn't. I don't think Jason Sudeikis could play that kind of preppy. Yeah, he could. I think so. <laughs> I think he could play an asshole. Well, I think he With could play an issues? asshole, but not a, um, I don't think the, what, what school did Andy? Cornell? I don't think the Cornell type. Because well, I, I think, think Sudeikis would, would just have such gym energy that it wouldn't fit. Well, sure, he'd be better as Jim, but I think he <laughs> could play Andy. Look, he's about to get canceled. Never, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> Folks, we've got... Maybe mere weeks left to watch. So everybody keep up Uh if you want to watch. Everyone, go watch uh, Jason Sudeikis' 2011 film, uh, Good Old Fashioned Orgy, now, before it's too late. Watch his part of 30 Rock quickly. Get that Floyd arc out of the way. (laughs) Luckily, it comes early in in the series. He only comes back once a little later. Oh, yeah. In the Michael Sheen run of episodes right i think so yeah yeah the the wesley snipes bit is good it's hilarious yeah um so noah bomback greta gerwig they meet on the set of greenberg yeah maybe they have an affair then maybe they don't we we can't say we can't speculate but they did decide to this is straight from Greta's mouth. I had an interview. She said that. <laughs> <laughs> so no one come at me. <laughs> she said that after that, they uh, decided to collaborate. She had 
some ideas but always had trouble finishing writing stuff so mm-hmm. when he asked her if she had any ideas she said i have a lot um so they kind of went with this one they wrote separately mostly hmm. um and sent each other stuff over email compiling their document over email um she said the only thing they really did in in person together on this film was in terms of writing was uh, reading it out loud to hear mm. the rhythm of the dialogue interesting but no improv on this movie hmm. mm. very tightly scripted uh everything was all the camera and the framing um the blocking was all pretty um strict as well they wanted it to feel uh you know like like there was some some improvising they wanted to feel kind of have that feel but it it was all very strictly planned hmm i i have to say i don't think they succeeded in if they wanted it to feel improvised i think some of the lines like your phone that has inter- that has email on it are so so written yeah a, a lot of it felt very written in a way that i find uh too much it, it and you can kind of feel that i think in some of her other movies as well yeah yeah i mean with little women there's the excuse of well, well this sure. <laughs> is a work of literary fiction but i think lady bird has a bit of that mm-hmm. at times yeah I think um, not so much with Laurie Metcalf in that movie though. She she makes no. everything well, she can sound make everything so damn. Work. <laughs> yeah. um, well, do you want to give people just a little taste of you know? There's not much of a plot here, but give people a little. Okay, essentially, it's a breakup friendship breakup movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greta Gerwig, who plays Frances Ha, uh, has a roommate Sophie. Uh, they're living together. Francis's boyfriend asks her to move in with him. She essentially breaks up with him because she doesn't want to uh, stop living with Sophie. Um, Sophie, on the other hand, doesn't feel the exact same way. She uh, takes an apartment in Tribeca where Francis can't afford to live. Um, and so the two kind of separate ways. Um, and then Francis just kind of what I can only describe says bop around, mm-hmm. essentially, uh, around New York. She's an apprentice at a dance company. She wants to make uh, a f- make into being a full member of their company. Um, she does not succeed in doing that. Uh, she, uh, at one point, goes home to see her family because she's now out of a job. Uh, and she, uh, she lives with Adam Driver and... Joel from Marvelous Miss Maisel for a while. Uh, she crashes with Meryl Streep's daughter for a while. Um, Grace Gummer coming in. <laughs> she uh, she randomly goes to Paris for uh, a weekend. Um, her boss at the dance company offers her a administrative position. Tells her maybe she should think about <gasps> choreographing um, mm-hmm. as a future. Uh, she gets kind of pissed and uh, declines, works at her old college for the summer, um, where she sees Sophie again, who had moved to Tokyo with her her fiancé. Um, they kind of are able to reconnect. Sophie uh, moved, or, well, not Sophie. Francis, I mm-hmm. guess, moves back to... Well, they're the uh, same person, but with, with different hair. With so different hair. You could be mistaken. 
Exactly. That's why it's, the movie's so fucking confusing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, so, uh, Francis moves back to New York. She takes that admin position, which I have issue with, but alas. <laughs> um, she starts choreographing again, or, you know, for the first time again. I don't know. Um, and then she gets her own apartment. Yeah. And that's essentially it. And that's... she and Sophie end up on good terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the kind of... Um, even though in terms of mainstream indies, it's a little more loose with the plot, It's mm-hmm. it's got a lot more things happening than most mumblecore movies, probably. Yeah. Uh, Although I did think, like, in terms of the plot, it was similar to Puffy Chair mm-hmm. in terms of certain set pieces and things like that that seemed to happen like her not having her credit card being declined and she has to mm. run around find an atm yeah you know, the, those kinds of scenes yeah. kind of felt similar to some of the puffy chair stuff that makes sense like they were maybe writing to get to those like yeah. preordained i don't know if it, it didn't that it didn't feel that uh necessarily like it, it did with puffy chair mm. but it did feel like well, here are some moments, you mm. know. That's fair. Um, one thing that I... There was one piece that I read from Andrew Andrew Lappin, who I think we've talked about on here before, I think maybe with um, Funny Haha. Ha. Um, mm-hmm. If that's true, the man loves Ha, and he loves Mumblecore. <laughs> um, he talks a lot about this movie as a sort of... Um, almost parody of a Woody Allen mm-hmm. movie from the 70s. You know, not not ripping him to shreds, but turning a few of the beats from those movies sort of on their head. And when I think about what he says, um, as well as some of the little pieces, um, that does make the movie more interesting to me. Um, Meryl, for example. Streep? Is in Manhattan. Her daughter oh. is in this okay. one. Um, you know, and the black and white. And I both. thought for a second you were saying Meryl Streep wrote a piece on <laughs> Francis Ha. I was quite surprised. I'd be surprised, <laughs> but, you know, she's seen it, certainly. Her daughter's in it. What if she says, I'm not watching anything my kids are in? <laughs> no they... one is better than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, she'd be right. Um, but one of the, the way he puts it is um, that Woody Allen characters were so... Are, are very similar to Francis in a lot of ways in terms of how they just sort of spout these ideas all the time mm-hmm. and are so witty and and that sort of thing. Um, he says, Indeed, their thoughts were so prized and universally loved that the protagonists were tasked with speaking engagements and weekends with adoring fans, which they come to dread. In Francis Ha, few have the patience for the modern dancer's musings. So I think... If there's some intention there, it's the idea of these characters who would be seen as brilliant in a lot of these works by older filmmakers, especially mm-hmm. like a narcissist like Woody Allen. Mm-hmm. With mm-hmm. a little more self-awareness, you can see how most people find the people who think of themselves as so very charming mm-hmm. are, are actually irritating mm-hmm. most of the time. That's interesting. I could see that. I also read a lot about how this, how Noah 
purposely wanted to take a lot from French New Wave. Mm -hmm. Did you read some about that? Yeah, with like the filmmaking. The filmmaking, a lot of the uh, music, uh, the title itself is a reference to a Godard movie uh, made in USA where the full character or the character's full name is never said. Mm. Here we see it at the very end. It's a little teaser setting up the <laughs> Francis Haas cinematic universe. <laughs> a little teaser of what her name might be. Um, yeah, you know, I read a piece on Criterion by Annie Baker, mm-hmm. uh, who's the sister-in-law of both Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach. Wow. Annie Nepo. Baker. Annie Baker, of course, the famous playwright. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, um, it is also that rarest kind of new American movie, uh, one that captures in painstakingly in painstaking detail the way young people talk today while simultaneously paying tribute to the past century of movies, aesthetics, and mythologies. That combination of persuasive naturalism and historical fairy dust is also romantic. I can I can see that if you're if you're on board with the movie, I can see yes. how you'd have that reaction to it. She was obviously way. very on board. Yeah. As she should be. Uh, but it, reading her piece, I was kind of getting a sense of, okay, people that give this movie four and a half, five stars, I can see if you're super into the French new wave of it, the, you know, Greta Gerwig awkwardness, uh, mm-hmm. writtenness of it that really combines and makes it work for you Mm -hmm. and if you're also you know maybe in your 20s maybe you've lived in new york for a certain period of time you feel it is a very good portrait of a young person in new york yeah that's fair and as much as some of the dialogue i find occasionally grating Mm -hmm. i can't quite say it's it's inaccurate to that certain type of person i i fully can imagine certain college educated like people using some Mm -hmm. of the terminology that they Mm. in this movie but then it's it makes me wonder would they do that naturally or because they're emulating movies like francis ha yeah you know and it's interesting that annie baker brings up naturalism because that is not really what i think of when i I, not at all what I think of when I watch this movie as compared to Annie Baker's play, which you mm-hmm. know are famously so naturalistic that, that mm-hmm. they take hours to watch. Or or even some of the other Mumblecore movies we've like watched. Funny, Funny Ha Ha, I think, is the most naturalistic one. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tiny Furniture ha- is not naturalistic, but it does no. have a lot of um, natural moments. It has a lot of natural moments, and it feels more authentic to lena dunham's like perspective and voice in a way Mm -hmm. like it 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 feels natural for her whereas this one i don't know maybe it was the combination of noah bombeck and greta gerwig that you know maybe they're they were still trying to find their collective voice yeah it's maybe a little diluted by the fact that noah's directing but Greta is co-writing and starring in it, and yeah. I know I read somewhere that they that she w- did bring up the idea of possibly co-directing, mm-hmm. and Noah Baumbach shot that down. Not necessarily to be an asshole, but just because he's like, 
how how does that work? I only know how to how to direct. how to be a director, and then said, if you want to direct, you should direct your own movie, which well, she which has she has <laughs> subsequently and has you know as as many if not more Oscar noms than than Mr. Bombach has now. So yeah, yeah. Does uh, did they ever direct anything together? No, they they've never directed together. That's interesting. Um. She's only directed for one, with Mr. Swampert. Um, but, they, but they write together now, often, not all the time. Okay, yeah, I know they write together quite a bit. Yeah. Um, there was one interesting review that compared it to Girls, which I thought might be, yeah. might be relevant. Uh, Stephanie Zacharek of The Village Voice uh, prayed, praised Gerwig's performance in writing, saying... It's a relief that Frances Ha isn't as assertively frank in the look ma no shame way as girls. Mm. Uh, so I think that's quite interesting. This person <laughs> because... says, thank you, Greta, for keeping your clothes on, basically. <laughs> yeah. I think it, I think that is interesting because by you know Tiny Furniture is 2010, mm-hmm. so girls probably would be coming out it's around 2012. 2012. Yeah. Uh, so by 2013, you know, mm-hmm. it was it was in that zeitgeist. So I feel like by then, girls and Lena Dunham were starting to probably get some of the backlash that mm-hmm. she and criticism that she got. So that this one is quite a uh, contrast to girls mm-hmm. and tiny furniture. Yeah, and and I think Greta commented on it, on it herself by just noting that she doesn't really see the similarities other than that they're both young young women yeah. um, especially because she mentioned that Frances Ha is intentionally not a sexual movie and she mm-hmm. said that a lot of Lena Dunham's work you know the exploring sexuality isn't the point but it is an, an extension you know and it's mm-hmm. gonna going to be a core part of it whereas I don't think Greta Gerwig ever has done no. that in any of her work and that's that's fine. That's fine. I don't. Not every filmmaker needs to. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, it is interesting though. I feel like uh, anything coming out around that time was getting kind of compared to girls though. Mm-hmm. So the so, We Are the Millers girls think pieces, <laughs> fascinating. Fascinating. The Men in Black Three girls pieces mm-hmm. were really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think other than the fact that they're women in their 20s in new york it's not Mm -hmm. really uh similar in any way no not really and i similar many similar fans i would imagine but i wonder yeah but you also can't you know that doesn't make them the same thing in any way no did you find what the budget was on this one three mil Three mil, yeah. So they, so what I read and how they saved a lot of money, and so that they could shoot in uh, Paris, mm-hmm. New York, California, California. Mm-hmm. So I mean, uh, and Vassar College, which is Mr. Bombeck's alma mater. Ah, uh, <laughs> well, a Vassar man. <laughs> a Vassar man indeed. So they, um, they didn't spend a lot on large crew. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of getting professional cameras and lenses, they shot on the Canon EOS 5D, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, tiny furniture shot on mm-hmm. a different model, but, but another, a similar consumer 
uh, camera. Mm-hmm. So very, very interesting that that's kind of a trend with these movies. But I guess, you know, if if you shoot on those kind of cameras, you don't have to spend as much on lighting mm-hmm. equipment. You can do different. So especially with black and white, you yeah. can save on uh, equipment as well. Well, yeah, and here I, it makes sense because if you want to have the character go to Paris, it makes sense to make a little room in the budget yes. and not necessarily. <laughs> and Sacramento. Shoot. Yeah. The big. The big two The cities. big Sacco. <laughs> um, yeah, they had, it definitely was different in that sense of mumblecore. Um, I'd say it only has a couple of hallmarks of a mumblecore, really. Mm-hmm. You know, a character. Oh, you know, white characters out of college. <laughs> out of college, trying to figure out what they're doing in their life. Some kind of artist, mm-hmm. um, but no improv. Lots of shooting locations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's so much licensed music. In a this lot movie. of licensed music, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. makes it. I, and I, I don't mind licensed music. Uh, I, I love to hear a song in a flick, <laughs> but. It it was kind of a, a jolt to hear, it's like just the, not, the David yeah. Bowie "Modern Love" one. It's not you know typical of mumblecore movies where the budget is like fifteen thousand. Mm-hmm. There's no way you could license music on that budget. You know, couldn't license a ham sandwich. Couldn't license a damn ham sandwich. Coming at you, Duplass brothers, Wojcicki. <laughs> um. Well, this movie was a moderate financial hit after premiering at good old Telluride Uh in 2012, which is the perfect festival for this kind of movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Makes 11 million worldwide, nearly four times its budget, Mm -hmm. four million domestic, and Greta picks up a Gigi Nam. Gigi Nam? Yeah. That was also that year. I believe. I believe also that year in the same category. Julie Delpy is nommed for best actress in a comedy for Before Midnight. <laughs> that hilarious, heartbreaking performance. <laughs> <laughs> the movie in which she and her husband are shouting at each other in a hotel room for half the time. Uh, yeah. That's in some of the saddest scenes in any movie. <laughs> yeah, when she yells, you know, I I don't love you anymore. I you can't help but but crack up. You can't help but just laugh along with the entire audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. You know, those movies would use the sort of Judd approach of just riff after riff. <laughs> um. Also gets a couple independent. Sp- Oh, God. Independent Spirit, uh-huh. Noms, Best Feature, and Best Editing. <laughs> um, so, it, but I think mostly it was, um, it had a big influence in terms of um, populating the the walls of colleges like Emerson and <laughs> NYU with, with that pink poster. Yeah, indeed. Uh I mean, obviously, continues to boost their careers. Mm-hmm. They continue to work together. Um, that little kick in the pants from Noah really got must have gotten Greta mm-hmm. thinking about what she would direct. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
yeah, should we have had someone on that liked this movie? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we didn't realize that until after we watched the movie. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I went in think you know, I went in trying to have you know, an open mind. You probably even more so than I, I did, just because. I think that it's just this narrative I have to tell myself that like. I guess I just don't like Greta Gerwig when I rate her movies three and three and a half stars. Mm -hmm. But it's, they're fine movies. Yeah. It just feels weird when everybody I know uh, thinks she's, uh, you know, a five star. All of her movies are five stars, which, hey, if they love them, that's great. But Mm -hmm. it's just not always my thing. You know, I I think there's a very good chance that, that Barbie is my favorite movie she's made. Mm-hmm. I I do think that looks very good. I think that that it's it's prop that's probably gonna happen for me. But you know, any movie with Margot Robbie, I'm I'm kind of like already sold on. That's true. Michael Sarah, you Issa got Simu. Simu. I mean, Will Ferrell looking Will very Ferrell, funny in the trailer. America Ferrera. I mean, it's it's gonna be a good cast of Barbies. Mm-hmm. I am. I did, so they didn't. Uh, so did Noah Baumbach direct that one? No, Greta directed Greta that. Directed, but, but they, they wrote, wrote it together. together. Yeah. I see. So he's letting, he's letting her take over some projects. I well, <laughs> I think it's more that he was fine with the prospect of her directing, but he'd already claimed it. And, <laughs> but sure. that said, with Barbie, after they'd written it, he apparently said, "Hey, do you, would do you think I could direct this?" And she's and Greta said no. <laughs> Okay, so hey, it's so, a give and take. Yeah. You know, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Uh, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I have a feeling that's probably uh, the one I'll like the most. I maybe should try more Bombback movies. I just mm-hmm. wasn't the biggest fan of Marriage Story. It felt a little bit... The writing of it was just a little bit... Similar to this, I feel like, in a way, that some of the lines just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Mm. Do you think you might react somewhat differently to Marriage Story now that you your tolerance level for um, <laughs> ScarJo is, is raised a bit? Uh, maybe. Adam Driver is very good in the movie. Mm-hmm. Merritt Weaver? Merritt Weaver and Laura Dern are also very good. Mm-hmm. Uh... Maybe I should maybe I'll give it a try. I don't know. I remember it being a fine movie, but mm-hmm. yeah. also, do you think? What do you think helps in terms of ScarJo um, <laughs> uh, tolerance more? Seeing her be act better than you thought in a thing like Under the Skin, or learning that she's a big Disney Parks super fan. I think uh, when I'm surprised that she's better than I thought she'd be. Yeah. And, like, under the skin. Her being a Disney adult is kind of jarring. Uh, and I haven't quite I haven't quite pieced that together yeah. in my brain it, yet. It doesn't quite line up, even though she is... She's been in, you know, a bunch of Disney movies with yeah. Avengers stuff, but, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't quite line up for me yet. So I, I think I have to think on that a little bit harder. I think for me, it's it's just a little weird to imagine any movie star being so... Because she's developing a Tower of Terror movie. So yeah. in, Tower of Terror must be one of her favorite rides of all time. And I just think, if you're a movie star, you do stunts and do crazy <laughs> things. Are you that thrilled? And I love theme parks. 
I find Tower of Terror really exciting. But if I go on it three times in a row, I'm probably going to be a little bored. Uh-huh. It, it's just weird to me to imagine someone who's experienced yeah. a, a level of you know, luxury that, that we will never, who is still finds Tower of Terror quite thrilling, apparently. Who not only finds it thrilling, but so luxury that we probably can't comprehend the amount mm-hmm. of money that she has made mm-hmm. in her career and you know with help from mr jost and mm-hmm. his little tiny snl money <laughs> um but to think like <laughs> something that's cool for her is like america's vacation spot like yeah, going, going to, to epcot it's <laughs> going to a theme park and getting like do you think she gets corn dogs and turkey legs? Or do you think she's trying to find, you know, those couples? They're not couples... making special food for her, you know? No, is she, or is she going to the concession stands that have bananas and grapes? You know what I mean? Is she, which which side, is she going to the, the, the barbecue stand by Indiana Jones that has, you know, rice and chicken skewers? Mm-hmm. Or is she going to the horseshoe cafe and getting... <laughs> you know mac and cheese bites or something i would imagine she does not eat from the horseshoe cafe but probably allows her children to Um, do you think she goes to the horseshoe cafe and watches the show and says if only they put me up there i bet she watches the show and is just genuinely entertained by it in a shockingly simplistic manner and colin sits there miserable Colin sits there miserable thinking of all the joke punch-ups you could ever have for the show. <laughs> God. Now, Colin Jost, I think it's probably actually a major punishment for him that he has to go to <laughs> Disney think... World ten times a year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He can't have he a can't. good time. No, no, he, and he, get, he gets to get out of it by having to work on SNL, I feel like, mm. for most of the year. For 20 weeks a year. Yeah. Well, then he's got to work on other, other whatever projects he works on. I guess he's got to refine his stand-up. <laughs> he's got to work on new feature scripts like Staten Island Summer. <laughs> I uh, I just can't, I just can't piece together Scarlett Johansson, Disney World ten times a year. That's hard for me to imagine. Right. Are there any celebrities you think probably do visit Disney World that much that makes sense to you? Oh, there'd be a lot. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot. That's fair. I feel like she's just so... She's just so, you know, A-list. It's kind of mm-hmm. hard to... And all of the characters she plays are so cool and aloof. It's kind of hard to imagine yeah. her uh, being a nerd. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if Mark Ruffalo ate at the Cheesecake Factory twice a week. Yeah, it would be weird, <laughs> yeah. right? It would be surprising. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Whereas, like, if you told me Tom Holland goes to Disney sure. World ten times a year, I'd yeah. be like, yeah, okay, sure, I could probably sense. see yeah. that. Yeah. I bet but if you do- Zendaya told me- doesn't like the parks quite as much as Tom Holland. Well, she's been a Disney employee for a very long time. That's true. Um, but if you told me, like, Don Cheadle goes to Disney World ten times a year, I'd be like, no, he doesn't. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Well, write in. What celebrities do you think go to the parks constantly? Specifically, what Avengers do you think go to the parks all the time? Yeah. Chris Evans, I could see going quite a lot. 
I think he goes sometimes. Mm. I think he he just knows he's Captain America, so he really can't Can't, go. Yeah. (laughs) Now Brie Larson, I would imagine. I think she probably. I think she is a huge Disney adult. She would go twenty times a year. I imagine she'd be there every week if she could be. She's freaking cosplaying as Captain Marvel (laughs) at Avengers Campus. She would be, yeah, she would just dress up in her costume and go. (laughs) Mm. Brie Larson. We'll have to cover a movie she happens to be in sometimes so we can talk about what an odd state her career has Next week, we're doing Room. (laughs) (laughs) That laugh riot. The laugh riot. (laughs) You got Tremblay. You got Larson. You've got one old, you've got one guy that's creepy. A guy who is a supporting character in the Get Shorty TV show. <laughs> um, well, what are we doing for our next series, seeing as this is our last Mumblecore? Well, I guess... Okay, wait. Yeah. But before we do that, any uh, last thoughts on Mumblecore before we move on? I'm sure we'll be back to touch on more Mumblecore. Oh, we'll be back. But um, uh, what, anything... What were your favorites? Anything you've... Uh, life lessons you've learned? No life lessons. I'd say favorites. Uh, tiny furniture just narrowly edges out funny haha but i like both of those quite a lot um no 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 new insights i don't think other than that i would like more people to come back to this genre but maybe in a way that's uh, not even genre but Mm -hmm. I i would be interested to see what group of people who aren't aren't white aren't white you know (laughs) Or if they're white, if they have some other interesting lived experience to bring to this yeah. you know, uh, kind of filmmaking, that would be interesting. just to see how it changes, if it, or if it really has doesn't feel that different because they're all kind of just all similar. Yeah, yeah. What that about would be you? Interesting. Yeah, I would like to see that as well. Um, yeah, tiny furniture and funny haha, I enjoyed a lot. Um, I would say I am looking forward to moving on to our next series. Which is? Which is? Blockbuster comedies. We've got a lot of different kinds of blockbusters coming up, so very exciting stuff. We're we're thinking, you know, it's the summer, Memorial Day. day weekend fourth mm-hmm. of july we've got a couple of big holidays in the summer where movies oftentimes big comedy mm-hmm. movies and big movies come out so well not that these movies necessarily came out around that time but, but they should feel like they could have yes yeah. yeah so what's our what's our first movie our first film our fir- is uh from the directors of game night it's not game night it's dungeons and dragons honor among thieves uh mm-hmm. a very well-liked action comedy from this year that has had mixed to to no success at the box office <laughs> and yet audiences are liking it so we'll get into that very soon and baxter is coughing up so we're, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here he always does time it very well. Yeah. Uh, follow us on Instagram, uh, Comedia del Cinema. I will post something today. Mm. Um, and follow us on Insta- on Twitter. At, at Comedia Comedy? Uh, Comedia. You changed the handle. I the changed thing. it, but I guess you And then you I got have... locked out. 
No, you didn't really. I, yeah, it disappeared for me. Okay, well, we'll who, figure no it out. No one's on Twitter anyway. We'll put, so. Yeah, Twitter's dead. No one, yeah, no one's. But on there. follow us on Twitter at Real Donald Trump. No. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. Bye.